1: We want the dynamite
0: from the post-wrestling site you lighting up the fuse. Sit back and enjoy the bubble. Which we hear from John and Wei Ting Where we're going, we don't need roads And if the buck stops here, yeah, this thing might blow Everything you hear are opinions of the show And if you don't like it, go to the forums and let them know Hello,
1: everybody. Welcome to Rewind to Dynamite. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting here with you on a Wednesday evening coming out of the show from Nashville, Tennessee. How, how are you, Wei?
0: Doing all right, John. Yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing very good. Okay, cool.
1: That was an exceptionally fast-paced show.
0: Uh, did it f- feel any faster than usual? I yes, don't
1: know. it did. And I'm not saying the- that as like it was rushed either. It was like, all of a sudden it was nine forty-five, and I not believe
0: it. I was stunned. Hmm. Okay. They all feel pretty fast to me. These shows, like it feels like it's the amount of it's, it might even be more content than we even get on raw, but crammed into two hours. So it's, it's, it always feels like it's pretty fast.
1: We'll go through it, but I think almost every segment had a point to it, like a direction <laughs> they're going. Yeah. To the as you would view. hope.
0: As you would hope, oh, yeah. yeah as you would worked.
1: hope, way not as always uh, as as it, as it appears.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Let's go segment by segment from Monday, and let's let's go. At what 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 had the long term impact attached to it? Right. Yeah. Anyway, oh. uh, we're gonna go through a, a couple of uh, news items here uh, off the top. Um, way any any kind of just thoughts just on everything involving obviously the big story this week was uh the Rhodes departure from AEW. Uh, were you expecting? Um, Anything more of uh, of an actual address of it on tonight's program? I mean, outside of a of a casual mention by uh, Tony Schiavone in relation to the prior dog collar match in AEW, uh, there, there was nothing that, in terms of like some kind of a farewell or even addressing the story that happened.
0: Yeah, no, nothing at all. Um, kind of almost playing it off as if it was just a pretty common occurrence of a character, you know, not being around temporarily you know nothing to signify that he wasn't going to be there permanently i and i think aew at this point like they know their audience knows everything that's actually going on um maybe they felt the need not to not to make a bigger deal out of it than it already was i don't think Um, that's possible well I, deal. well, I mean, I was I was expecting if we were going to get a Dan Lambert segment, you know, that promo would have been really, I think, the one opportunity I would have probably guaranteed something to be said because he was in the midst of a feud with Cody and Brandy. But we didn't get one of those on this particular episode. So, um, yeah, no, nothing really.
1: Uh, So uh coming out of today uh we di- we did get the NXT numbers from uh, Vengeance Day on Tuesday night uh they were certainly uh improved from last week but still well below what what a USA network show was was averaging much much less a a special show that they had built up they did 525,000 viewers and a 0.11 in the demo 145,000 viewers so compared to last week uh, they were up thirty one percent in viewers up almost fifty percent in 18 to 49 I mean some of these increases from last week, dude 18 to thirty four was up one hundred and thirty five percent from last week so uh, they certainly found more people this week on sci-fi uh, but when you compare them to uh, the the average viewership that they do on a USA network show, like for this year they're averaging like six hundred and twenty six thousand viewers and and uh like one hundred and seventy eight in the demo, so th- there's no doubt in my mind that if this had been on USA Network, they would have done uh, significantly better. But I think we all knew that going in here, this was a a choice that they they opted to go with this show on on sci-fi. But uh, nonetheless, it was I-, I thought like a very easy to digest show on Tuesday night.
0: I thought so too. I actually enjoyed the show quite a bit. And uh, Andrew Thompson and I, in today's news update, we went through our thoughts in a bit more detail, but. Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, it's a combination of people maybe getting a bit more familiar with the sci-fi and also people making a bit more effort to watch this particular brand. It's special. Yes. And
1: um, on the uh, the Cody front, uh, Justin Barrasso at SI.com had uh, put out a, a report today. And one aspect of the report uh, that he noted was, Uh, While Rhodes was never intended to overstay his welcome in the world title picture, one key factor that led to this exit was losing all responsibilities involving booking. This is a role where Tony Khan, who is the head of creative, had taken full reign. Originally, Rhodes was part of that process and goes on to say that as great as Dusty Rhodes was as a performer, his contributions as a booker are an integral part of his legacy. For Rhodes, AEW represented another chance to pay homage to his father as a booker while other also further cementing his legacy, losing that opportunity in AEW, hurt Rhodes more than any loss he suffered in the ring. So, you know, going back to the history, like the big uh, change seemed to be at the end of 2019. So pretty long time removed from this when it was more so Tony Khan taking sort of a more leadership position and, you know, making it very clear he was going to be the head booker at that time. Now, the, the level of contribution that, that Cody had um, is going to be um, certainly discussed. It seemed that he was someone that was very hands-on uh, with his programs. Um, but I guess this is a, an aspect of the story, maybe the uh, amount of input that he was wanting to provide versus how much was going to be received. But obviously, I think there's going to be probably tons of fallout in the months, even years to come, of you know getting to some of the root causes about such a massive move like this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I it's hard for me to like, maybe want to uh, make too many um, concrete opinions about what essentially might be hearsay. You know, mm-hmm. we don't truly really know the reasons why he would have left. And me, I mean, that's really up to him to discuss in a future interview, maybe on a Steve Austin broken skull sessions or something, or some, some sort of tell all. But I'm sure it's a number of factors. I mean, I'm I'm sure partially it could be financial, and partially it could be you know what what Justin Barroso noted about creative losing creative control, or, um, or a collection of a lot of different things. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, obviously going to the WWE, I can't see that being remedied at all. If anything, I mean, he he'd be losing a whole lot. Um, so you yeah, know, it, WWE is not where you're
1: necessarily going with the idea of just having autonomy over your creative. Like that is.
0: It's the opposite. Um, it's the complete. Even opposite. if you're the 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 father's uh, the owner's son-in-law, you're you're not guaranteed that spot. Great point. Great point. I mean, so um, you know, it could be just maybe uh, when you get into these sort of negotiations, you it, it might might have been a case of, of just so so much ego being involved that if you're not getting what you wanted, the alternative, even if it's not as good as you know the the the, the lesser option with, by sticking with the original person that you're with. It, it it could have been just that who knows you know we've yet to see how this will work out it could be a positive for Cody it could be a positive for AEW or it could be a negative for both of them I mean uh, so much I think is still up in the air
1: do you expect Cody to do one of those like like big sit-down interviews at some point before Wrestlemania like a big kind of state of Cody
0: Rhodes kind if- of interview You know, I mean, I think so much of it would depend on whether or not he'd be a part of the WWE. And if he was, I mean, one of these Broken Skull sessions, the weekend of a WrestleMania, I think would be a huge draw for a a Peacock audience. Um... I I think knowing Cody, he'd probably want to maximize the value of this sort of air of mystery that's around him right now. And whenever he eventually does the tell all interview, I'm sure he'd want to monetize and create a great deal, great deal of buzz around, around that, around that as well, whether it be on his own platforms or through, you know, whatever future employer he might be with. Yeah, I will
1: be very curious to see, um, in the lead up to revolution where you, you would assume Tony Khan is going to be doing a lot of media to promote that event. And this to me is going to be front and center and asked about in every interview and that'll be interesting to see because Tony Khan is like you can he is very good at no matter what question you throw at him that he's going to pivot to the pay-per-view to the match that he is promoting and he's going to be asked so much about Cody Rhodes that has nothing to do with promoting the pay-per-view but that's going to be at the front of any interviewer's line of questioning like that's the only
0: thing you could be going for immediately you know we have to remember like i mean i'm I'm sure there was a real and there probably continues to still be a real personal relationship between these two working side by side for the better part of the three years um and you know at least part of the, the the directive for for the reason why we heard nothing about cody this week i think maybe at least is partially because you know he he at this point it might be still kind of raw and and you know like better things are better left unsaid you know even if it is supposed to be positive but i mean i have a feeling if he is asked unless you know there's a shot the other way i i have a feeling cody's good or tony's going to keep it pretty like positive and kind of like uh vague you know
1: or defer to cody
0: yeah yeah to see to see what he says sure
1: mm-hmm so um Anyway, those are just a few of the, the news items. Uh, we're going over those now because on Thursday, uh, for the post-daily news update, it's going to be myself, David Bixenfin, and Brandon Thurston, and we're going to be uh, spending the show discussing um, some of the kind of overarching uh, details of the WWE's deal with Saudi Arabia. It is now four years into this, this deal, which was announced as a 10-year deal, and there will probably be a year tacked onto this because of the events missed uh, due to the pandemic, but uh, just looking at, you know, the the controversy that it has invited, the questions that has been asked of it, and what the real impact has been on the company, not just from a financial standpoint, but as well of the perception of this deal and how that has even changed from year one to year four. So I thought it was like a good time to kind of sit down and kind of assess just the the overall um, relationship that the WWE has with the government of Saudi Arabia and and as well, like the the amount of people out there that um, have just kind of accepted these as, as regular shows, I do think that is a strong amount of people at this point that do not. Uh, you know, I think that there is a certain negativity attached to these shows, uh, but wouldn't you say, way it's it's a dramatically reduced from
0: th- those first shows? Yes, absolutely. I mean, and part of that is human nature. Like, when when I think we, I suppose, realize. Um, were powerless enough to, to not have them do anything. I mean, they're committed to this thing, and even in in the face of the greatest amount of controversy that I I can imagine, this entire deal getting, after uh, Jamal Shoji um, and them continuing on. I mean, even in the face of being, uh, you know, uh having their talent, um, being kept behind because of a, a disagreement with with their own government, and and scaring the family members of, of their talent. Even in the face of that, they're pursuing... For, for, and Forget all the, like...
1: Forget all, like, those details. Like, at its core, it's, like, as well... Like, SmackDown did not have, like, roster members for, yeah. like, a live broadcast. Like, you needed to uh, fly in your NXT talent at the very last minute. And, and on top of it, like, we you're getting a taped episode of smackdown this week to to accommodate this as well so it'd be very interesting to see as well like uh fr- from like a fox perspective like what their viewpoint is after that that episode in 2019 and you know i mean that that's you know you're you're in business with a company and these are our relationships and this is something that we're we're doing it on a saturday so yeah, fox gets a taped show this week
0: yeah, despite all of these things, you know, like it doesn't seem to make a dent. You know, the the next quarterly earnings call, they're 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 trumpeting their next records, right? So, um, how much energy, you know, is is a viewer able to give uh, before they kind of realize it's it's futile? But of course, like I uh, I I think there's there's always a whole lot to continue to remind us about exactly what what this is, and so for that reason, I look forward to hearing your your conversation with a uh, with a uh, two very esteemed journalists tomorrow.
1: So that is a tomorrow at 1 Eastern, followed by Wei Ting and Jordan Goodman, live at 3 Eastern on Thursday. Uh, they will be presenting the wellness policy, and they are going to be joined by the birthday man himself, our birthday man, Neil Flanagan, on Thursday.
0: Yeah, that is correct. Neil Flanagan joins us. We'll be talking about the topic of the inner critic. You know, this seems to be a a subject that has been brought up a few times in in us asking for discussions and and topics for the wellness policy. So this was something that that actually Neil suggested a while back. So it's something I'm I'm sure a lot of us uh, deal with, including myself. So we'll uh, be having a bit of a conversation about it at three o'clock Eastern time. I'll send the Zoom link sometime tomorrow, and that'll be available for all patrons at Post Wrestling Cafe and also available for free afterwards for anybody who clicks on the link at postwrestling.com.
1: All right. And then uh, Friday, we'll have the new show. Rewind to Smackdown will be Friday night with Wei Ting and Kate from Montreal. And are you, are you guys starting an hour early because of uh, no Rampage at 10?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I would think so. Yeah, I'm going to have to double check with Kate, who's actually in the chat room right now. So, Kate, if, if just give me a thumbs up if, if you're OK to start at ten fifteen p.m. But uh, that is probably the case and uh, before we get uh, uh, before we finish with the plugs I actually wanted to make mention of the latest edition of Postmarks that's about to come out with David and Bruce they are talking to none other than the professor Chris Ely himself Uh, apparently I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but apparently this was a really interesting one where Chris gives some updates on, you know, recent health issues that he's been struggling with and and really just his, his entire history of a wrestling fandom and listening to podcasts. So I look forward to that. That'll be available also for free, uh, on the post wrestling cafe feed this weekend.
1: Okay, and one more to squeeze in. We're live on Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time is when we're going to go live. Uh, to We will go through the Elimination Chamber. Um, I might get a chance to watch the main event of the New Japan show that day, but we'll mainly focus on the WWE show. So that's Saturday, 8 Eastern for Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. Let us now get into Dynamite from the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. No Cody in the opening intro.
0: They were very quick. I mean, you know, they took him off a bunch of posters for current on-sales and, and for Revolution and whatnot. So, yeah, you you would certainly imagine they would have taken. A, a bit of a shame. He had, you know, collected quite the highlight reel for himself in the past three years, right? I mean, just the, the last couple
1: of months between, like, the fire and the cutter spot with uh, yeah. several spots in the Guevara match. So, right. yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it was brought up that I don't know if you could find... Like, two better matches to bookend your tenure between the Dustin Rhodes match at Double or Nothing and the Sammy Guevara ladder match.
0: God, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, I do think the man, you know, looking at his collection of of work, like, it is, is certainly a bit underrated because when you think about Cody, you don't immediately think about his in quality. But I think...
1: I'm, he 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 worked his ass off in yeah. all of his big matches like more than a lot of guys in that position like doing fire like that was nuts and
0: and I mean kind of unnecessary in my opinion but sure but maybe, he yeah. maybe he had other things in mind Maybe he had other other things in mind knowing you know how things ended up so yeah uh, but uh, we'll we'll keep talking about Cody I'm sure in the weeks c- to come
1: Yeah, and we'll bring it up in the main event, though. There was that one tease for the Crossroads that that Guevara did have.
0: It was actually an entire sequence, but yeah, we'll we'll get into it.
1: Yeah. So immediately, uh, the show starts with CM Punk seated in the middle of the ring, and he's wearing an MJF shirt, and everyone is chanting for him, and he goes back decades and says that I'm straight edge. I'm alcohol-free and drug-free. And that means I'm better than you. And he says, and got, this elicited some boos because uh, some fans here who were probably like three deep were not appreciating us <laughs> in Nashville. And he said, those were the words I first said over 20 years ago, and it became the foundation of my career. It inspired a next generation of people, some who wanted to become wrestlers, become straight edge. But then there's MJF, who tried to walk and talk like me, but he can't think like me. And when he beat me in Chicago twice... He says, I'm not mad, I'm proud. But in fact, MJF did not learn the lessons that were being taught to him. He's still shitty little Max from shitty little Long Island. And he thanks John Moxley for the assist last week and now, with that win, he gets to pick the time, the place, and the type of match when he gets to face MJF again. He is picking Orlando, Florida, March the 6th at Revolution. And the type of match, he said he considered a cage match. But he knows that Wardlow can climb and MJF can run, and notes that when he has lost matches in the past, that's when I've learned. Win or learn, as John Kavanaugh used to say,
0: (laughs) way. Among many other people, but yes.
1: And he cites MJF wanting to be Piper in Portland. So he has asked MJF to be my Valentine as he reveals a dog collar from this box in front of him the greatest weaving of a stipulation with a holiday to roddy piper and greg valentine uh this this was a masterful setup to this dog collar match by cm punk i thought this promo was amazing this was
0: terrific he is i mean forget cody you know punk has been on fire especially throughout this NJF feud. I mean, I think he's been good, like, since he returned, but I think, like, being in there with NJF has really sharpened him, and doing this every single week, you know, has really sharpened him back into, uh, I think, as good as we've ever heard CM Punk, And, and he's coming up with promos like this that are immediately captivating and memorable, and does a great job of getting you excited for the like they they they're making this dog collar stipulation feel like it's they keep repeating it's the most it's one of the most dangerous stipulations, whereas like in 2022 getting like a dog collar match over I mean yes of course uh Cody and Brody Lee they they mentioned that but um we haven't really had a, a whole lot of it and if you just strictly told me dog collar match I don't know if I'd get that excited. But, you know, this promo, I thought, was really strong. And the way that they promised how dangerous this 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 match was going to be uh, has me very excited about what they're going to do creatively.
1: Okay. This is the ultimate promotional tie-in that they need to do, okay, to push this. <laughs> this is this the Channing Tatum movie? No, this is not oh, going to be okay. Dog. This is way better, okay? Dog Collar. Maybe that can be the sequel with uh, Channing Tatum and Dominic. Um, so, Monday, Ring of Honor announces... CM Punk is going into the ROH Hall of Fame and that weekend AEW says hey we'll let Punk send you a message hell maybe he'll do a surprise appearance but you're going to do your 60 minute episode your syndicated television and you're going to give people the Raven dog collar match and the Jimmy Rave dog collar match and for an hour in syndication everyone can see Punk's past dog collar matches to sell the violence that we are going to deliver
0: interesting this pay-per-view wait was the Raven one in, in ROH as well they did one in Norwich. Oh, wow. Amazing. Okay. Um, I don't know if Ring of Honor would like devote that much time to it, but um, that's that's interesting. Or at least put it online.
1: At least put them online. The, 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 yeah. I think the Raven one is online. I don't know about the Jimmy... Well, I'm sure you can find the Jimmy Rave one, just not on their official channel, I don't think. All right. Um, but they're bloody. They're very bloody, as uh, I'm sure this one will be. So MJF just comes out, and Punk has this uh, he still has the box here that's holding the dog collar and he's just got all his uh, his valuables in here and he pulls out the photo that everyone has seen of young MJF meeting CM Punk at an autograph signing and Punk says this was the greatest day of your life for me it was Friday and on March 6th it's going to be the worst day of your life and for me it'll just be Sunday the ring is not going to be stained with your spray tan it's going to be stained with your blood. And MJF doesn't even get a word out. He just storms off and leaves. And this is when Shivani notes, we've only had one dog collar match in AEW, and it was Cody Rhodes against Brody Lee. And this was a outstanding segment. I thought Punk was terrific here.
0: Really great. Absolutely. And uh, I thought MJF was great with what little he had to do. I mean, MJF being speechless is, I think, about as much selling as you know you, you should have from somebody who would can't stop talking like like an MJF. So it was another week in another segment where the babyface got the upper hand and uh that's kind of refreshing, especially for a babyface who's coming out for revenge, you know, after suffering a big defeat. Yeah. Ter- terrific segment. So we've
1: got the the match set up for Revolution in a couple of weeks time. Shivani is with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, and they announced there will be a triple threat match at Revolution for the tag titles, and the teams are going to be decided over the next two weeks. Jungle Boy says, I love a good three way.
0: Yeah.
1: He's into sex way.
0: Uh, <laughs> Multiple so <you> people. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't yeah, I mean it feels like a pretty pretty lame for um. Or I don't know, like it, it. It's not like Jungle Boy like to you know uh, brag about <laughs> about having a lot of sex. I mean, is that a part of, part of the character? I mean, it, it's almost like dorky. And, and he's not been a character that has been. It was a pretty really well.
1: line here. It was very, um, I don't know. If it, it, it felt very awkward, but nonetheless, um, he's cool, guys. Uh, Christian says there's going to be some changes to the tag division in the next few weeks, but one thing will stay the same, and that are the champions. So there's going to be a tag team battle Royal next week. And then in two weeks time, a casino battle Royale.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the battle Royal Royale and then the casino battle Royale. So what are the differences? The, the casino is like the rumble, right? Like they, they have four yes. tiers. Yeah. We'll have the, uh, the, the different, uh, cards all represented, but are they all going to be different teams? They are right. Cause yeah, red dragon and, and young bucks were like, you guys enter one week and then we'll en- enter the other. Is that, Correct. Yeah, but but they left it that both
1: were going to be in next week's.
0: Right. Okay. So how many tag teams do they have that they could fill
1: it? Like two. They have worlds? a lot of tag teams, and they'll probably have some just you know, makeshift teams or ones that are not really, you know, focused upon. Mm. You need a lot of okay. teams for these next two weeks. I guess you could have if you lose next week, you could be in the one the following week too.
0: Well, what's my incentive?
1: Well, you get two chances at it.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> brian danielson and lee moriarty hey you forgot
0: sabrina the teenage witch was i've in the- got it right here yes oh, my sorry.
1: first note here for the match was uh sabrina the teenage witch was there in, in the front row a big wrestling fan that's right yes yes so uh this is a great match um early on uh, Lee Moriarty is put in a Romero special and then he counters out of it. He's going for the border city stretch that Alex Shelley taught him and Danielson gets to the rope and just kicks Lee while he's tied up in the ropes, drapes him and right into a knee knee strike. They go through the break. Um, they're trading. Uh, they lock legs and then they're going upside down and striking one another. This was like waiting at his, at his peak in Jitsu.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I... I could dream of pulling off a sequence like this, but it w- it was very impressive. And the crowd went to another level
1: during this spot; they loved it. This
0: crowd was fantastic. All Dude, night. Nashville
1: was amazing for two hours. They yeah. were they were a great great crowd. This was like um, I think they were around mm, just under five thousand as of today, and that was um, man, they sounded loud. They the sounded show.
0: even bigger than five thousand, yeah. And uh, they were clearly anticipating anticipating this match, and this was the type of sequence that I think you know delivered on the the technical. Uh, you know, uh, magic that they are looking for.
1: Uh, they trade big strikes, rolling elbow by Danielson, and then Moriarty gets the border city stretch. Danielson locks the leg into this into the suplex to break free. Busaiku knee takes the wrist and stomps down, and then finally applies the triangle and does the the Nate Diaz triangle flex, and he submits him in twelve minutes and thirteen
0: seconds uh, w- with the top down camera angle too.
1: Yes, yeah, they which I'm pretty sure they they shot Nate Diaz like that when yeah. when he won it. Um when he used uh it for the first time. Um so it it's it's a great way to to shoot this and it went 12-13. This did not disappoint. I I was really into this
0: match. Very good match. Yeah. I think it totally lived up to what we were expecting of these two on a TV broadcast. Creative technical wrestling, hard-hitting looking strikes. And on top of that, uh, an incredible atmosphere for for this match to, to take place, and and you know, Lee Moriarty like or has already already had matches with CM Punk and Brian Danielson in his very short stay here in AEW, and I thought he looked awesome here. I think he's living up to the hype of you know being this young technical wizard, somebody who you know might reach the level of stardom of a Brian Danielson, but Brian to me is like. A glimpse of what a former wrestler who, you know, was like a Lee Moriarty can achieve because he is now the complete package veteran, showed great technical ability, but also incredible, I think, heel charisma here and his ability to control the crowd throughout the match. I thought was really strong. I thought his heel presence was really strong, almost feeling like Suzuki like to me. So he he's doing some great work right now. Danielson gets on the microphone and
1: he addresses the crowd. He came to teach Lee a lesson about violence, but he also wants an answer from John Moxley. So Moxley comes out and talks about when he was young, poor and angry and trying to take down the mythical American dragon on a small indie show. And he talks about that night, Danielson being late due to the weather and Tracy Smothers having to kill time talking in the ring. Danielson arrived. I gave everything I had, but I came up short We'd have more matches, but I still came up short, and I've never beaten Brian Danielson. So I was really excited when you came to AEW to face you when everyone else was scared. And he admits that the two of us joining together, it could be awesome. We could take these young guys, leave a legacy behind. I can't think of one good reason to say no to your offer, but maybe this offer is because you don't want to stand across the ring from Jon Moxley. So I'm not saying yes, but I'm not saying no I'm going to leave it up to you, and I don't stand side-by-side side with anyone until I bleed with them first.
0: So, R- yeah, he wants, to,
1: he wants to exchange fluids with this man and bleed, and then maybe they can form a, a friendship.
0: You know, so we were wondering what the direction for this whole thing was going to be. Are, they, are we strictly going to the match, or are we going to go to the faction and then the match? They're surprising us. They're going to the match and then potentially the faction afterwards.
1: And then to the match afterwards.
0: Probably. again. Probably. So uh, whatever. As many excuses to see these two in a match, I think the better. It seems like they're going the friendly rivalry route. But, you know, two crazy madmen who are willing to beat the shit out of each other before shaking hands and deciding to start the faction. Uh, I thought Moxley sounded awesome here. And you know what? I looked it up quickly. Mad Pro Wrestling from chili Coth, ohio in 2007 featured brian Danielson versus john moxley with tracy smothers on the same card so um not did making tracy
1: smothers work that
0: night sam hayne okay you, you familiar
1: i'm not familiar with sam hayne no
0: yeah also on the show it was well for the mpw heavyweight title drake younger versus madman pondo uh and that's what about, about the josh
1: line. prohibition was he on uh an ohio card I, I don't 2007? think so
0: uh, although um Dave Christ and Jake Christ known as Irish Airborne did take on the black and blue crew of Cyrus Poe and Tommy Chill <laughs> Tommy Chill <laughs> What a name maybe he'll awesome. come for a cha- uh, an open challenge maybe but yeah uh hey man if they got footage of this i hope they use it in the the little build-up here um i I love it when they bring stuff up like this and and draws upon a a very big long history uh, between these two that i don't think you would have realized if you didn't you know if you had only seen their wwe work
1: well maybe dragon gate usa can launch a hall of fame and get television and then they can air moxley and danielson from dragon gate usa i don't know
0: if they would have doesn't wwe own all that now
1: um, I think, I think that would, yeah, that would, that would all be under the, the same, like they got the Evolve library.
0: I don't know yeah, how the Dragon Gate, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that works.
1: I think Dragon Gate would have the Dragon Gate USA footage, wouldn't they?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right fine. So start a Dragon Gate Hall of Fame.
1: Wardlow and Max, C- actually they did a recap of Keith Lee's arrival last week and then Wardlow versus Max Caster was the next qualifying match in the face the revolution ladder match. Sean Spears comes out in a Nashville Predators jersey, and I guess they just want to make it very clear that the acclaimed are the heels and Wardlow is the guy you're gonna cheer, because Castor came out and said that Wardlow's overrated like Nashville hot chicken. They were like, go to hell. They're out in the first round like the Titans, and you're not a man, you're just MJF's bitch boy. I didn't think what this was one of his stronger reps
0: is okay I mean it's hard to come up with a new one every single week and he's doing stuff online as well so I give I cut him some slack Bowens tries to trip Wardlow from the floor they
1: quickly went through picture-in-picture picture. uh the acclaimed uh attacked Wardlow on the floor but he comes back Max uses a chain to stop a power bomb as the referee misses it Mike dropped for a two count and then Max runs into Bowens on the apron is hit with the first power bomb, and the crowd is just electric here Wardlow is playing to the audience Sets him up for two more power bombs and wins the match in five minutes and fifteen seconds. So we have Wardlow and Keith Lee qualifying for the for the ladder match so far.
0: Crowd loves Wardlow. You know. This
1: symphony spot is just a terrific idea that just gets hotter and hotter every time he does it. And it just totally works in for any crowd.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, I wondered like doing the finish that they did, like, you know, were a certain crowd's going to um you know uh get tired perhaps of the constant you know uh, uh teasing of whether or not he was going to leave the group and the answer is no uh they're as hot for wardlow as ever and they want to see him become a baby face i think more than ever
1: we go to uh, uh bowens jumps wardlow from behind and then he's just grabbed and he hits him with a power bomb so the crowd chanted again and sean spears came in with with the chair attack Into the back, Tony Schiavone is with Mercedes Martinez, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel. And Baker tells Mercedes, no losing tonight. And I brought you here to finish Thunder Rosa. And then Baker will become the most powerful woman in AEW. And she also has the best sensei. And in walks Martin Cove from the Karate Kid franchise. Way I'm going to be completely honest, I had no earthly idea who this individual was.
0: I, I had, and no I had to stop.
1: Either. I had to pause, and I had to go and, and look this up.
0: You, you and I are probably the only two people listening.
1: No, we're to not. This. No, we're not. Because when I tweeted this out, I got a fair amount of responses of people who oh.
0: have never watched the Karate Kid either. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen them. Nor have I. I think I've seen one or two episodes of Cobra Kai, but I mean, I, I would not have no, you know, recognized Sensei Kreese uh just by looking at him but i'm i'm sure plenty of people did
1: plenty did yeah mm-hmm. this was this was like a a fun little tie-in that they did here and mercedes says it's time to go murder a bitch and baker asks sensei what what should we do if she fails and he says finish her no mercy
0: <laughs> which so. i'm assuming it was a line from the films
1: um i'll take your word for it yes Shivani's in the ring and brings out a Hangman Page, and he gets interrupted immediately by Adam Cole, who mentions all the battles that Hangman's been through with Kenny Omega, Danielson, and Archer, and Cole has also been a champion everywhere he's gone, it's unfortunate that your reign is going to have to end, and Page mentions how his friend, uh, sorry, it's Cole um, that get that gets the, re- the receiving end of this, because Page brings up how How difficult it must have been that all your friends built a wrestling empire without you. And this is the only championship that you will never hold. Cole then brings up the Young Bucks and hasn't heard them talk about Paige in weeks. And what happened to the Dark Order? You used to be associated with them and nothing's happened for months. What kind of friend are you? And Paige admits, I'm not perfect. But you, Cole, don't have the best track record with friends either. We all make mistakes and getting into the ring with me tonight might be your biggest one. Cole says he's a great wrestler, great champion. And whenever we are in the same company, though, you're always known as the other Adam. And one day we're going to fight and it'll be with respect and may the best man win. So they shake hands and Cole goes to leave. He has a smile on his face. And that's when Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish jump page from behind. Cole gets in on the attack. The Dark Order runs out, followed by security, including, uh, Officer Dominic Guarini here, who was uh, part of the the security entourage, and the security just got mauled by Preston Vance, who they are setting up for a match with Adam Cole on Friday. So he just destroyed all the security members and uh, not the announcement of Page versus Cole, but certainly seems like that is imminent for the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, you would think so. Absolutely. Yeah, we we had heard reports that violence is forever uh, was was there and. I mean, at least, you know, partially to do security duty for, um, it looks like, uh, Adam Cole here. Um, so cool. I hope they get a a good look and I I hope they get a good chance, but, um, I thought this segment was great. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, like when Cole challenged page, I was like, okay, yeah, it feels like, you know, next in line page is probably going to be Cole and then we'll move on to MJF. Right. Um, but this really deepened the feud to to mean a whole lot more than just simply, you know, another stepping stone for Page on his way to defending the championship to, to MJF. Um, They deepened their history. I had totally forgotten that these two were like, you know, in, in Ring of Honor and in the same faction together. And them just kind of, you know, thro- Page throwing out the line about how it must be weird being in the ring with your Bullet Club buddy. Ring of Honor roommate, and I think if you knew the hierarchy of of, of the bull Club at the time, I mean, Page really I think was an underling, you know, compared to Adam Cole. So now to see, you know, the the guy who used to be under him now as the champion, um, I think definitely deepens that story. And then for Page to be able to say, you know, you're back then you were just the other Adam. I think directly plays to the character that we've learned uh, thus far of of Hangman Page and how he struggles with his security of of. Of you know being relevant in in comparison to his uh, you know former uh, elite rivals or or, or friends, so to, for that line to be the line that sets him off, you know, putting his jacket or, or belt down to to go up and want to physically attack Cole, I think makes a whole lot of sense. And again, you know this this one segment I think deepened the rivalry pretty well.
1: Yeah, this was a this was a good segment between these two. Like, there was a lot of promo segments on this show, but I thought they were all very strong building up uh, your programs.
0: I agree, yeah.
1: Chris Jericho and Jake Hager against Santana and Ortiz. And before the match began, Eddie Kingston made his return coming out. So in the beginning of the match, Santana and Ortiz are double-teaming Jericho. Once Hager gets in, he's in there with Ortiz, and he's just screaming, Why? Why? we Why? Why?
0: Yeah, it Hager was a bit was much. very broken up by this. Yeah, has he done this in a Bellator fight? Um, no, no. He's, He's sure? um,
1: yeah. He he has more awkward lines usually in his post-fight speech. He hits a Hagger bomb. They go through the break. Santana gets the hot tag, runs into a code breaker by Jericho, and Jericho calls for the lion salt. But when he jumps off the middle rope, Ortiz grabs him. They have the move scouted, and Santana comes up side Russian leg sweep off the middle rope. And then Hager is sent to the floor. They hit the street sweeper, but Jericho kicks out at two. Santana hits a leaping cannonball off the back of Ortiz, and Jericho catches him and ends up turning it into the lion tamer. Kingston is urging him to reach the rope. He finally does. Crowd goes wild when he reaches the rope. So Jericho does the springboard dropkick, sending Kingston off the apron Judas Effect gets ducked, and Ortiz strikes Jericho from the apron. Discus Lariat, Santana pins Chris Jericho.
0: Yeah, very good match. You know, and very strong storytelling repercussions here. It continues to heat up a potential split between the inner circle And it also continues to heat up Jericho and Eddie Kingston. I like the fact that they're still booking Jericho very strong and making him look like, you know, like, 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 um, like Santana and Ortiz working together to beat and pin Chris Jericho still feels like a really big deal. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a successful match all around.
1: Yeah. And a bit, uh, you know, a notable pinfall here for, for Santana. And after the match, Jericho and Kingston continued to brawl on the floor and had to be separated. So, uh, that certainly feels like the direction for the pay-per-view with Kingston and Jericho.
0: Yeah, and what of uh, Santana and Ortiz?
1: I mean, I, I guess you could get others involved. Uh, you could do a multi-man, um, mm-hmm. but it seems like the focus is more Jericho-Kingston at this point. I, w- yeah. I wouldn't want to throw, like, Guevara into this just to make it a six-man. I would think that Guevara's got his own program set up at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think, yeah, who would be attached, because it yeah, wouldn't be anybody else.
1: Yeah, Mike n- Tyson.
0: <laughs> the other inner circle member yeah it yeah. would just be a bit of a shame if like you know proud and powerful coming off of all of this didn't get a more prominent role because i feel like they're the ones that need the spotlight the most
1: well may- than- maybe they maybe they get into this tag match maybe they're like they have to be in what one of these battle royals yeah
0: yeah it could be that too you're right
1: like you have the bucks going for the tag titles you have Santana and ortiz in the mix mm-hmm. um red, red dragon, dragon potentially yeah. yeah, I mean, you have no shortage of tag teams, but maybe you do like Santana and Ortiz, the Bucks, and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. That's that's a pretty great setup. Mm-hmm. We go to the Cutler Cam, and Adam Cole is with the Bucks, O'Reilly, and Fish, and they're asking the Young Bucks, where were you guys out there? And they state that beating up Hangman would be like beating a dead horse at this point. Adam Cole announces he's taking on 10 of the Dark Order this Friday, and they mentioned the two battle royals over the next two weeks, and they're asking Kyle, where have you been? He said, I was busy being the father of the year as I just had my first baby. So Matt says, that's great, you had a baby. I've got two. And Nick comes in, I've got three. <laughs> and Adam Cole said, I have none. Uh, and stopped the, uh, the battle over how many kids each person has. So the Bucks and Red Dragon end up... Being in bu- in next week's battle royal, they'll be in together, and then they leave in opposite directions. And Cole is left there, in the middle, and Cutler just goes, "Which way are you gonna go, Adam?" It's a great line. I like Brandon Cutler.
0: I like the fact that they're just shortening it to, "Let's go to the Cutler cam," rather than, "You rolling, Brandon?" Brandon. They still did rolling. that. They they still did that at the beginning. They, did.
1: they still <laughs> oh, check in with it. Brandon at the beginning. They want to make sure <laughs> okay, they're never alive. Never
0: mind, I take it back. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I get I get a sick pleasure out of it now too. Um so yeah, what was interesting here was, you know, the Bucks explanation for not joining in on the page attack. And it could simply be, you know, maybe they felt like, okay, they wanted uh they didn't want the numbers advantage too much for, for the elite against the Dark Order, but I I I'm also wondering if we're going to get a potential Bucks and Page reunion somewhere down the line. Maybe a Bucks, you know, babyface turn as as they go up against the uh, former undisputed era. Perhaps.
1: I think that you're you're looking at that, and then it's like where and potentially Omega with them as well. As you have like this this other like offshoot unit with like Cole, Jay White, O'Reilly, and Fish.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think Jay White will stick around for that long? I think through.
1: he's going to be like in and out when when they need him. I'm I'm not expecting him to be someone that's there weekly. Um, but maybe yeah. they just have you know he he's attached to this, but maybe not like a weekly, a weekly figure.
0: Yeah, I just wonder if he'd be like sort of a drop in person, you know, like what yeah. Ishi was or, um, Kenta. Oh, be-
1: yes, best friend Tomohiro Ishii.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Did you hear they're doing a Minoru Suzuki and Biff Busick, at, where uh, at, at WrestleCon? uh So he's coming back uh yes suzuki's coming back ishii's coming back for for that weekend um i think i i think ishii's gonna be here because he's got wrestlemania weekend dates and then they've got the chicago show which is two weeks later so i imagine ishii's gonna be here that whole time
0: okay so i mean there's a lot of potential of course for him to pop up on any of these other shows
1: yep yep definitely Mm. No disqualification match. Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Thunder Rosa came out dressed up like the bride from Kill Bill. This was maybe the best gear I've seen in 2022.
0: It worked really cool. Yeah. I feel like plenty great. of people have tried to pull this. Like, know, Becky Lynch, I guess, famously. But That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah, they both look great. Yeah.
1: So they're brawling on the floor, and Martinez gets Irish whipped into the barricade. And this barricade is not attached to anything. So the barricade just goes down, and she just plops down on her back this looked like the most unfun back bump you are going to take right onto a guardrail and cement
0: there were a lot of uh unfun looking bumps throughout the course of this match this yeah.
1: was a this was rough uh at, at times but um entertaining throughout throughout this match this, sure this yeah. crowd was like really into this uh they go into the crowd and thunder rosa Climbs onto this railing and dude, this railing is just shaking. I gasped. I thought she was just gonna spill here, but she ended up completing the dive. But my God, this railing looked so scary.
0: From what I read, it seemed like there was an assist from the fan as well that was nearby holding it oh. steady. So well, that uh... that
1: fan deserves tickets to the next ten pay per views. Mm-hmm. Yes. They- it's uh, great for them to save because th- this looked really scary the when yeah. she was leaning up and it was the kind where she's like, well, I'm going to finish this regardless. And that's mm-hmm. when, man, sometimes disaster strikes. Um, we come back after the picture in picture. There's weapons all over the ring and there's a table that is lodged uh, going downward off the apron to the floor. And Martinez suplexes Thunder Rosa off the edge of the apron. But the table, it like cracks, but doesn't break. And they just slide down. This was like. Uh, not a fun table
0: spot at all. It actually looked like a bit of a fun slide, like a, like a, I guarantee you, your lower slide. back would
1: not be saying we oui, uh, at the, at the thrill of this, this fall. So in the ring, there's a trash can placed over Martinez's head. They hit a running drop. Uh, Thunder Rosa hits the running drop kick. They fight on the turnbuckle. Martinez hits a spider German suplex and then comes off the top, but slips coming down with the elbow drop and, Thunder Rosa recovers from that crucifix bomb and a fire thunder driver onto a sea of chairs in the ring to win this in nine minutes and 31 seconds. I know there was like a lot of awkwardness to this match, but given like in a match like this, I almost I don't want it to necessarily look smooth. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this, this was not to me something where I was watching this and thinking, oh, it's sloppy or oh, this is bad. It was just like it was violent and mm. it was um t- to me like it it certainly did it was not, ugly uh, yes it was it, w- it was ugly but worked for like the type of match they were trying to
0: get over here that this is completely it's mayhem this is out of control I agree I agree I mean it's similar to what we brought up with uh, in the Michael Oku interview where you know I, I think you have to look at botches not s- strictly as um Mm, like we're not judging you know figure skating here where everything should be graded on how technically great it looks in order for it to be complete we should be grading these things on how entertaining they are and how well they fit the story and the story of this one is you know these two are going to go to war and attack each other in unfamiliar environments and it certainly looked unfamiliar because there were there were plenty of times in this match where things could have gone awfully wrong. Uh, That Spider-German landing did not look fun for Thunder Rosa. So hopefully everybody feels okay and, and recovered and is able to get to go afterwards. But as a story itself, did they achieve the, the idea that these two went to war with each other? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think they both took a, a huge amount of damage and it was entertaining, if not the prettiest match. But maybe they didn't set out to have the prettiest match.
1: No, no. Uh, This is probably one that they will feel tomorrow Um, with with many examples of that. Uh, but the post-match saw Thunder Rosa lift up Mercedes Martinez, and they both gave each other a sign of respect. And then Baker comes out, followed by Hader and Rebel, and Baker just walks up to Sensei Robert Cove in the front row. I told you she was weak. Now finish her. So Hader and Rebel attack Thunder Rosa, and Baker's got a pipe and hands it off to Mercedes Martinez to use on Thunder Rosa. But she hesitates, so Hader takes out Mercedes Martinez. They just uh, perform a hit here on Mercedes, and that was uh, the end of this segment. It spins off Baker with Thunder Rosa, but also really establishes Mercedes Martinez as now a a foe of these three. I like maybe Mer- Mer- Mercedes and Jamie Hader. I think it would be a match oh. for to do on TV
0: immediately. Yeah, they've already set that up, you know. Even uh, as uh, like within the the same faction, they had a rivalry going on. So I thought that that was in terms of story. I thought all of that was really well done, you know, from setup to to where they are today. Um, and you know, in a short amount of time, I think they've developed quite a thunder. What is it, uh, Mercedes Martinez's character pretty well in in that uh, she is somebody who. I guess can be bought, but even she has her mora- morality when when it comes to somebody that she has bled with, you know, very much in the same vein as uh, John Moxley is and Brian Danielson. Um, so I think they built up to the mutual respect angle really well, and I'm really excited for the tag match. I mean, of course, we do have to kind of forget about Hater's own breakup story right now. That seemed to be completely, at least you know, shoved to the side for the time being with with her and Britt Baker. But it's okay, you know. I'm I'm looking forward to the tag matches.
1: Yeah, this group we we've got like eighty four matches lined up down the yeah, road. Yeah,
0: who else? Stat,
1: is Statlander a part of this? Uh, not 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 necessarily here. Yeah, we need a we need a follow up on the on the adoption promo this week, don't we?
0: The adoption promo. I've forgotten all about that with
1: Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe this week Statlander will be like, I was a little out of line last week. Um, <laughs> You know what? It's never cool for parents to abandon children. Um, Yeah.
0: That was the, that was the forget max caster. Like that, that was, that was the most controversial line of all entire last week.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, that was, that was was one of the more bizarre promos that, that we have seen in some time. House of black. It's Malachi black and Brody King. Um, they're hanging out in their house, uh, playing magic cards and violence begets violence. And no violence can be created without judgment. And Brody asks, "Who we're waiting for?" And Malachi says, "A mystery."
0: Three, I had to
1: watch this twice. These are like they talk in like riddles, and you're just trying to like decipher what all of this means. I give you essentially a lot of- this was this was their response to Pentagon Dark from last week. Mm, okay,
0: yeah, I give you a lot of credit for being able to transcribe. Like at this point, years and years of these Alistair Black, Malachi Black promos. So, um, you know yeah um thank you but who do you these are like so heavily produced it's like it's it's honestly hard to kind of
1: make out what he's saying like i gotta crank the volume for these two
0: yeah and i and part of me thinks i don't i don't think we're supposed to like analyze every single word maybe i don't know i I think they're supposed to be vague enough that like you just supposed to you're just supposed to sit back and think oh cool who's the dark figure like dark shadowy figure and and it, it, can we can we also add that out when
1: someone doesn't like what we say? We're like, you're not supposed to listen to us. You're just supposed to put us on in the background and get the sense of what we're trying to well, say.
0: Well, We, we can start speaking in, in 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 riddle and and uh, you know be dimly lit perhaps and, and and put shit on our faces. But sorry, were they teasing a new member here? or Were they teasing the arrival of Pentagon? What, 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 well,
1: what they said they a mystery, about? so I, I took that as uh, potentially somebody else joining them.
0: That's how I took it too. Yeah, and who do you think it is? Oh God, God knows. There's there's a laundry list of people. I don't think it's Julia Hart. Did not look like Julia Hart to me. The shadow. I don't figure. know if Julia
1: Hart is the backup for uh, for Pentagon <laughs> that they're they're seeking, but uh, all things are possible. Hmm. Then we got the uh, the lineup. So for Friday, it is Rampage Slam Dunk. This is the episode that airs at seven p.m. Eastern time. Um. Both in the U.S. and it'll be streaming on TSN Direct at 7 Eastern.
0: Because they're preempted for basketball?
1: The All-Star Weekend, yes. Oh, okay. Slam Dunk.
0: Coverage. Can you not come up with a better name than Slam Dunk? Three-pointer. Uh, tr- you know, a uh, triple Foul. <laughs> uh, uh
1: Adam Cole versus Preston Vance. Jay White against Trent Beretta. Dante Martin against Powerhouse Hobbs in the next qualifying match. And Serena Deeb's five-minute challenge. Dynamite next Wednesday will feature the House of Black against Pentagon and Pac, a face-to-face between Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston, which is, uh, they've got a high standard to live up to after the face-to-face with Kingston and CM Punk last year.
0: Yeah, that is very true, yeah.
1: And the Tag Team Battle Royal, the first of two over the next two weeks. So that is what we have for next week. And we heard from Jay White, who cut a promo, and this is his logic, okay? He beat Kenny Omega. For the IWGP United States title. And because of that, Kenny Omega left New Japan. So if Jay White had not beaten Kenny Omega for this United States championship,
0: (laughs) there would be no AEW.
1: So, AEW, you're welcome.
0: I think it's about a sound for a heels logic, as as we've heard in the history of heels. <laughs> Cutting stupid promos, right? <laughs> like,
1: I was a little curious by this, because I want to look at the timeline. Because it was like, Kenny, like, lost... Kenny was like your IWGP champion, like, right before he left. And right. he he ends up,
0: uh, like, the US title, he had lost to Jay White, like, a year before that. That, the, that is very true. If anything, I mean... It he was tan- lost Tanahashi. Like, right? Tanahashi
1: created AEW, did he not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Tanahashi should like show up and say, like, Listen, <laughs>
0: fucker, you <laughs> knife pervert. Uh, I mean, the other explanation, of course, is you know, it, it's Jay White trying to familiarize himself with the AEW audience who may have never seen his work and probably trying to, you know, uh, put seeds in everybody's mind for that future Kenny Omega match as well. Mm-hmm. So.
1: That would have been really tough. Like if Kenny Omega had uh, not come, then they would have done that first press conference, announced AEW, and then they would have had to do another press conference. And say, you know what? We're taking it back. <laughs> we couldn't get Kenny Omega. He's staying in New Japan. Company's done.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't in that. He wasn't there at the beginning. He, You're he right
1: because his contract still had a couple of whatever it was weeks. So it was his announcement was a little bit delayed.
0: Well, you know, wrestling fans have memories, but they are somewhat cloudy memories. So maybe no.
1: I think wrestling fans have great memories. It's 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 heels that sometimes have poor memories that fans will remind them of. So, mm. Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen was our main event for the TNT Championship, and uh, this was an entertaining match between these two. Their third singles match in AEW. Uh, Darby is two and zero against Sammy going into this one. Um, this saw some incredible stuff here. Uh, Sammy Guevara just. Uh, he sold his knee for a significant amount of this. Uh Alan was, like, bending the knee from the Tree of Woe position, then applying a single-leg crab. And Guevara just sits up from the Tree of Woe into a one-man Spanish fly off the top, but comes down badly on the right knee. And this is when we saw the, the sequence that was supposed to climax with the crossroads, with Guevara going for it, but Alan stopped him. And this was, like, our, our most, like... uh Uh, the only reference i would say to to cody on this show
0: yeah he blocked the crossroads and then he jumped for a springboard which to me looked like it might have been a disaster kick and then they ended in a figure four which i think is another you know signature cody move and i mean it's not blatant enough that i can definitively definitively say that that's what they were going for but
1: well the crossroads was like the clear one to to me that certainly seemed like what he was going for.
0: And with both men, I think, you know, having, um, and, and for this being the TNT championship, which I, I think as much as they, you know, try to play off as the Brody Lee title, I I think, you know, in everybody's mind, it really is the, the Cody Rhodes championship. So it it would make sense if this was a, a tribute spot.
1: And, and very much like Cody is very linked to both of these guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. So then while they're in the figure four, they start trading slaps doing like the boss root and Frank Shamrock spot. Guevara gets out. The GTH gets countered into the Last Supper for a two-count, twisting stunner, and Guevara is sent to the rope. And this is when Sammy Guevara, while he's on the floor, Allen goes for a lope into a cutter on the floor. And this looked incredible. Yeah, absolutely. We're, incredible. At, we're, we're adding cutter of the year for, for the awards this year. Because <laughs> there's it. already, like, four of them, and we're only in
0: mid-February. Totally, yeah. It feels like we we went a week without, like, any cutter where we're just you know losing our minds the the
1: blake christian one and jack cartwheel they were like okay let's let's take cutters off for a few weeks we gotta recover from that one
0: yeah cut it out yeah okay
1: uh huge swanton guevara misses on the edge of the apron Allen then sets him up for the coffin drop when jose the translator appears sting goes after him they go into the crowd allowing andrade to appear and he crotches darby but he's got the ipad And he nails Darby. This is the world's heaviest, most destructive iPad in the world. Because grown men are unconscious from this iPad. The referee misses it. Guevara just shrugs his shoulders. He takes Darby, hits the GTH while limping, and pins Darby in 14 minutes and 50 seconds.
0: Great match absolutely great you know um like the last time sammy had a title defense i mean i i was kind of critical of you know him having taped ribs but not really selling the effects of of the tape ribs throughout and that certainly was not the case here you know this was a match that featured a lot of him selling his knee and he he did it i thought like really really well unbelievable action when when there had to be but i thought they did a good job conveying that injury and, you know, I think I think was like a next level type of match that it's so interesting watching all of these like chapters of them, because like the first time we saw this match, I think we were all pretty excited. But like, you know, we didn't have the history with with these two. The crowd didn't have the history with these two by this point. I mean, they're bona fide main eventers that the crowd absolutely loves. And I don't even think they've hit their peaks yet. So um, I I, I look forward to the next one.
1: I think it'd be a really cool idea because like it doesn't always like they do so few rematches that when you do this, you can make it like a big deal when it is like a third meeting over the course of three years between these two. Mm -hmm. And to me, like throw up those matches on on their YouTube channel in the week of like these guys naturally do callbacks and such, not just these two, but like so many times when we see the few rematches here that I think that would be kind of a driver just for their for their YouTube channel to You know, get people accustomed with, like, the AEW library that's there. But I I think people – you don't really have a home for all of these matches.
0: No, no. I mean, not until they have a streaming service that, you know, supports their library. But inevitably, when they do do that and and they start, you know, creating specials, I think it'd be great to have, you know, these two sit down and talk about their rivalry. And then uh, Matt Hardy runs
1: in. And attacks Darby. Guevara gets into the ring, chasing Matt Hardy away. Uh, But this allows Andrade to use the iPad on Guevara from behind. And he takes both TNT titles, hoists them in the air. Sting returns with the bat, which I don't know if that's any match for the iPad. And Andrade leaves with Matt Hardy with the possession of both TNT championships that Guevara has been wearing.
0: Yeah, I don't know if an iPad is like, you know, the heaviest um apple i needs a better weapon
1: i i think the ipad is like like first of all like we're, we're, we're past ipads and like modern technology are we not like it's not, like, it feels no, kind of not. 10 years no, ago Oh
0: no people use ipads are you can but, but they're thin they're thinner okay i would i would choose like an apple pencil you know jab, jab somebody in the eye with the sure. Apple pencil yeah I, I i mean i've broken macbooks and i don't know if i'd recommend those because i don't think i think those things they shatter way too easily to hurt or how about an iPod? You know, like like maybe like a nice 64 gig iPod. Where are you going like, to find an iPod? Uh, like a pawn shop. I don't know. Like a retro store. Not an iPod mini, John. Like maybe a first generation iPod. Like it, just a, like a brick of a, of a hard drive, you know, straight to I, the head. I
1: tried to buy an iPad like a month ago. And dude, these things are like, like they're just, they're, they're not like readily available anymore. It's like they. What? Yeah. Where did you
0: Where'd you try to buy? Did Did you try the Apple store?
1: Um, I was I was looking online, like it was it was like very difficult just to get like a you know a standard iPad.
0: What are they like a low low in stock or something? Maybe it's a chip thing. All right. Uh, regardless, hmm. um, they're going to be battling well, get, get for your iPads and titles. You know, clearly he doesn't care about his. You can offer. I mean,
1: yeah, that. he just he just broke his here, and it's it's still effective though as a weapon even after it breaks. Uh, that was our ending here. It seems like we're going. What are you? Are you just seeing a, a singles program here with with Andrade and Guevara? Do you see Darby involved in any of this?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole story has been, you know, Andrade and Guevara, has it not? So maybe maybe he challenges unsuccessfully for the belt first, and then we get our Darby um, Andrade feud because that seems to be the long, like the more story has been put towards Andrade and, and Darby, right? Maybe Darby gets Matt Hardy. Darby and Matt Hardy, yeah, per- perhaps or maybe Her- the tag Hardy Darby. Ugh. Oh, it's gonna be tough. Uh or tag. Tag match. Hey, by the way, yeah, so we we never really mentioned it, but yeah, when when Man Hardy left the ring last week, uh they did Excalibur did mention, you know, something to the effect of, Oh, like what erratic behavior. So, uh of course, you know the whole Jeff Hardy thing. But um,
1: I think everyone's expecting Jeff Hardy once his 90 days are up. Um, Which is when? Very soon. I think it's like early. I don't know the date off the top of my head. It's like early March. He's,
0: Would it be before the pay-per-view?
1: It's either the Wednesday. Or it's either like right before or right after. I don't know if it's in time for the pay-per-view. We can probably look. They've got their match announced with uh, Cardona and Brian Myers. Um, it that's was December. Up. Yes. December ninth? December ninth. So you're looking around around that date for March.
0: Interesting. Okay. So
1: All it right. might be right after the pay-per-view.
0: Okay. All right. It's hard to do math on live on air. Uh so I'm not even gonna try. Okay, I got I got it here. The, thankfully there are websites that do this. Uh ninety days from December 9th would be March 9th. Hey, March 9th, your birthday. What a birthday present. Is that a Wednesday? It is not. Thursday. Oh, okay. No, it's a Wednesday. Shit, I'm looking at 2023. I'm sorry. Oh, it's 2022, eh? Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is terrific radio. Yeah, it is a Wednesday. Holy shit. Well, there you go. Wow. Interesting. I thought this was a
1: really entertaining episode of Dynamite. I couldn't believe how fast-paced it was. I thought the most... Like they're they're doing a they did did like a lot of like non wrestling segments but again like if it's great segments then that's awesome I, I don't think you need to necessarily have wrestling start to finish on a two hour show um, Punk segment was great I thought that the Danielson Moxley segment was pretty great um, you had Hangman and Adam Cole like all of this like you're seeing all of these programs come together for the pay per view. Um, really enjoyed Danielson and Lee Moriarty. I thought that was terrific. The main event was terrific. And yeah, this was a very, was a very great fun show. episode of Dynamite.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, a uh, great build towards the important matches at Revolution, uh, good in-ring content. So I don't really know what much more you can ask for. Um, maybe other than commercial free first hour, you know? Commercial freeze all I mean, hours the
1: way they they have the picture in picture. Like it pretty much is like you have some AW on your screen pretty much the whole two hours.
0: Well, for a lot of people who subscribe to fight. Yeah, it is a commercial free show every week. Mm-hmm.
1: OK, feedback time. We're going to go to forum.postwrestling.com. Starting things off. Steve from Cambridge. Moxley and Danielson are pure stars. They know exactly how to make people care. The Cobra Kai surprise was awesome. Mid card page once again. Literally the middle of the show. That's not how to position your champion, no matter what the hottest program is. Adam Cole's hands were so spray-tanned. What? How the hell are you paying attention to the man's hands and what shade they are? I can't remember the last Jake Hager match. Women's match was great. Loved the post-match too. I don't watch New Japan. Who did the finger thing first, DMD or Jay White? Okay. Great episode,
0: says Steve. Jay White? I mean, the, the... Jay White does a finger thing. I've I've never noticed that. Literally, never noticed that. I mean, it it wouldn't be the same as as Britt Baker, so I don't know. And and like you know, you, I I I don't like Hangman Page main evented last week, you know. Yeah. Uh, he had a speaking segment this week, and okay, sure, I guess they could have put that up very first, but I mean, it's CM Punk and MJF, and you're coming right off the Big Bang Theory. It's you, It'd be silly to, and not every single week I think you're going to have the champion up there. Yeah, like when we look at the revolution and the card that they're shaping up for it, I, I do think Cole versus Page would probably be third from the top if they're doing Moxley and Danielson and Punk and MJF. Um, but what are you going to do, not give the belt to Page? You know, like they're using these belts to elevate guys so that someday, you know, Hangman Page can't get up to a Brian Danielson or CM Punk level. But when you're competing for ratings, I mean, you know, the guy can't be in a talking segment main inventing the show with Adam Cole every single week.
1: And you're not going to end the show with a segment like that. Like, like it necessitated like the like being in the middle there with with Adam Cole. It's like, you know, did, did we need to end Monday's Raw with Bobby Lashley doing that? you know, six person interview segment at the end of the show versus the opening segment. No, it was
0: mm-hmm. bad in reg- whatever spot it was in. Might as well be first. Okay. Up next, we go to Jay from Colorado who says, what a show. It was fun all the way through. And as usual, the two hours flew by the highlight for me was the Thunder Rosa, Mercedes Martinez match. Both women brought their a game and the surprise appearance from Martin Cove was awesome. Everybody loving Martin Cove. Huge. Sean. Uh, as my wife and I just watched an episode of Cobra Kai before dynamite. I watched the show in VR again tonight. And to answer John's query, qu- query last week, yes, you can talk to everybody. People cheer and boo the wrestlers. They sing along to their entrance music and make fun of the commercials. It really is a lot of fun. It's just, it's just like watching live with friends or strangers. Tonight we were in a movie theater. I've included a short 15-second clip of what the environment looks like for those trying to visualize it. Um, <laughs> he included a 15-second video here in the feedback thread. Wow, this is wild. This is crazy. It's like you're sitting in a theater with like holograms of other people next to you as you're watching AEW. That's strange and bizarre and kind of interesting.
1: Johnny, I love this episode of Dynamite. Lee and Danielson was a match I really wanted when Lee signed, and the match did not disappoint. I love matches like that, and I can't wait to see when Danielson finally wrestles Zack Sabre Jr. and Jonathan Gresham. The women's match was brutal, and also love that the heels saw the hesitation from Mercedes in attacking Thunder post-match and didn't wait for the betrayal. The main event was insane. These two are meant to be rivals. We saw them wrestle each other on the first revolution, and now for the TNT title. Maybe in three years it will be for the world title. Guessing Buddy Matthews is the next member for the House of Black while I did enjoy the punk promo AEW needs to chill a bit with opening dynamite with a promo. I I had no I thought that punk promo was awesome at the
0: start of the show.
1: I I no, I, no issue with that.
0: I mean, you know, your first segment is the most important segment and and I think often you want to lead with the most the, the the segment with the highest star power and at this moment it's it's Punk and MJF. I forget what it was last week. What was it last week, John?
1: Last week it was it was like the setup for the tag match later in the night with Punk and MJF again.
0: Yeah, like I mean I think you have to have, you know, some some somebody on the level of a CM Punk like in that opening segment. So, we'll we'll see what the ratings are like though. I mean, you know, that'll ultimately determine, you know, how how much they use the the tactic. We got a Brian from New Jersey who really enjoyed the show. I thought it had little to no filler with its matches and promos and it laid out some clear directions towards the pay-per-view, specifically all of the title matches we could be getting. Great start with Punk's promo, and Danielson came off like a megastar, making the crowd go wild for sequences he's been doing since the mid-2000s. Moxley is not too far behind. The only mentions of Cody Rhodes were in relation to the last dog-collar match, so they really took the high road. I can see Buddy Matthews is the newest member of the House of Black, but it's anyone's guess. Alright,
1: we continue on here. Let's go down to Scrump. I brought my girlfriend here as a Valentine's Day gift and was happy they happened to book Darby versus Sammy as the main event. The crowd was nonstop cheering for both, and Melissa Joan Hart, who was sitting next to us, went pale at the realization that Darby was about to crash into her. And where do you guys see them taking Sammy? He feels lost amidst the inner circle turmoil, and there's no immediate program for him at Revolution. I think they set up his program tonight. I mean, it's obviously going with with Andrade in some form or fashion.
0: Yeah, it seems like it. Um, It seems like he's kind of steering clear from the inner circle drama right now. But uh, that's always something he can go to. So I don't think you
1: want to lump him into that. I think that's just um, he wouldn't be like the focal person there. They're not needed in this split anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, eventually, like if they do do a full on breakup, I think he would have to at least have, you know, some sort of presence. We got a Jesse from the six who says another good dynamite tonight. Andrade's fit was 10 out of 10. Like you, John, I've also never seen The Karate Kid nor Cobra Kai, so I didn't know who that old dude was. Where does that cutter place in the 2022 cutter rankings? Was it top five, John? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Also, is Miro injured? If not, keeping him off TV this long is criminal. I was hoping he might appear tonight because they were in Nashville. I like Sammy, but I think it's a mistake ending Miro's TNT title reign when they did. Yeah, what is up with, with Miro right now? Uh, wasn't, wasn't he, he was dealing with an injury, but I think that that's,
1: he's through that now. And it might just be a case of like, you know, we've got our pay-per-view set now, so it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to uh, put someone in. Yeah. This was his hometown. Um, but you know, you probably like, you know, Tony Khan, he's probably got his, his pay-per-view is completely booked now. And it's, it's kind of tough. Like who on this show, like again, every segment pretty much had a direction towards, the pay-per-view of Mm -hmm. where you can see these programs going so it's kind of i i would imagine it's just a a timing thing that you know probably if he's ready to go then you'll have to wait till the pay-per-view's done
0: and i have a feeling whenever he does return like he's gonna go on a tear and like go on a a big winning streak you know on his way to challenging probably for the world championship and unless you're going to start that build right now and i don't see why you would when you're trying to build so many other people um what's the point of of introducing I mean, do you, could you see him for the revolution, uh, ladder match? If there's, if, if if he's not going to win, then what's the point?
1: That's it. Like I I would much rather like, instead of just, you know, making sure he's got a spot on the pay-per-view, like all these guys want to be on their, on the pay-per-view. But if it's just so that his body can be present, I'd much rather like something of substance for when, when he's ready to return than just, you know, another guy in the, in the ladder match. Like if they have a plan, sure. Um, but mm-hmm. if not, I then just wait till you you have something strong to go with. Um, next one we will go to is from Ben. Lee Moriarty and Danielson was excellent, and I'd really like to see Moxley and Danielson create a faction. I think this would be a fun way to build a feud between the two and would be a great way to elevate Moriarty and others. Fewer flips and a bit more psychology from Sammy in his match with Darby. I wonder if he has been paying attention to some of the comments from the likes of Billy Gunn about a lack of psychology in some AEW matches. I enjoyed it, and I'm really hoping... I'm really enjoying Sammy's runs with the TNT title. He's super talented and smooth in the ring as he adds a little more psychology to the incredible moves He's going to be a main event level sooner rather than later.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... I, 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 I agree that, like, I I think, I don't know if I would say, like, the, the TNT Tower run has been great so far. Certainly with his last couple, you know, Dynamite matches, yeah, you could definitely say that. That Cody match was incredible. This match was really good. And some of the other ones were really great, too. But I think we've been lacking a bit more of the great character work that we've seen from Sammy Guevara in the Inner Circle. I think he, you know, maybe maybe that just comes with being a babyface versus being a heel. But, I mean, the psychology comment is also one that I, I think is is valid. Um, and we we saw a, a world of difference. He seems to me like somebody who probably can do that stuff. He just maybe chooses not to for whatever reason. Um, but you know, these this title I think is there for people to um not just you know get a bit of TV time, but to also be under pressure to try to elevate their games to to become fully formed, complete wrestlers. And maybe that's what Sammy needs at the moment. Final comment of the night goes to the person who will be joining me on Friday for Rowana Smackdown, Kate from Montreal, who says, In the aftermath of the Cody departure, it felt like there was some added pressure for AEW to produce a good show tonight, and they delivered. I didn't think a single segment missed the mark. If we're getting Wardlow, Keith Lee, and depending on the Rampage match, Hobbs in the ladder match, I hope that they buy some reinforced ladders. The card for Revolution is shaping up nicely, and I'm curious to see how it fills out. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for your feedback
1: and tuning into the show tonight, whether it be live or downloading it afterwards. Again, both of us will be back just separately on Thursday. I'll be live at 1 Eastern with David Bixenspan and Brandon Thurston and in way live at 3 Eastern for the wellness policy with Jordan Goodman and Neil Flanagan. So you can go check out uh, those shows on Thursday and plenty more at postwrestling.com. And that will wrap up Rewind to Dynamite.